is being reported the involvement of a Northern Territory politician at a global conference for the tobacco and nicotine industry has been labelled as shameful by the head of Australia's peak body for doctors. Now, the ABC is reporting that NT Independent MLA Kezia Purick attended the Global Tobacco and Nicotine Forum in South Korea in September, speaking on a panel about industry regulation. Kezia Purick joins me on the line right now. Good morning to you, Kezia. Oh, good morning, Katie. And I don't know who that AMA fellow is, but, you know, at this conference in Seoul that I attended because I was invited to by the organisers, there were quite a few medical doctors there giving their contribution in regards to uh, harm from cigarettes and vaping, harmonisation, what's worked, what hasn't worked. There was an Australian doctor from down Victoria who attended, who I met, who I found very interesting in how she's going about trying to get people off smoking. Um, and there was also regulators. Like, it wasn't exclusively just all tobacco-y kind of companies and people. So, really, unless you know all the facts before you, you know, it's probably best not to, to pass judgment or pass comment the way that he has. Kezia, why did you go? Because I guess there's going to be people listening this morning thinking, well, hang on a sec, mm-hmm. why on earth has our independent member for Goida gone along to, to a tobacco conference? Well... First of all, I was a member of the select committee that the Northern Territory Parliament set up to look into vaping and how prevalent it was in the Territory, where it was, what measures could we uh, put in place, uh, understand how far widespread the problem is, like in our schools, in our Aboriginal communities, in our normal urban communities, um, and also to learn. I mean, what I did find out, Katie, I mean, just listening to some of the other speakers, is Australia is leading. Australia leads the way when it comes to harm minimisation and reform in regards to dropping the smoking levels across our country, introducing measures to uh, stop the sale and importation of, you know, the colourful lolly baits, as I call them, and, and where they think it's going. And also to try and get a bit of an understanding from my own perspective mm. as to how these industries actually think. I mean, forget the money. That's a given. You know, they're in the business to make money. They're commercial operators. We know the harm that cigarettes creates to anyone across the globe. But to find out what other countries are doing and how successful or not successful they've been, it even just, you know, enlightened me as to how I could contribute back here in the Northern Territory if and when the government starts to bring in new legislation about vaping, which they have to do. Kezia... Because the federal government... Go, Katie. Some people will be questioning whether it was appropriate for you to attend. Who paid for your attendance? The conference organisers. And so I guess then people will be questioning why you allowed, you know, um, uh, the organisers of a major tobacco industry to pay for you to go. Well, they wanted to hear my views and the views from the Northern Territory and also to get a little bit of insight into Australia. There was probably maybe a handful of people from Australia there. As I mentioned, Dr um, Fiona Patton, who was a past member of the Legislative Council in Victoria, uh, was one of the guest speakers talking about, you know, reform and, you know, that state and her views about it. Uh, so... It was an opportunity that I, I wanted to take up, so I took it up. I mean, can you still independently more? sort of comment on on things like vaping and the misuse of, or the you know the the impacts, I guess, of of vaping and tobacco? If if um you know if these major companies then have paid for you to go to a conference, can you still be independent in this space? Yes, I can. I've been independent for the last eight or ten years. I can take views on board. Uh, you know, I've, re- I've recorded it on my register of interest in regards to receiving the gratuity and the gifts. Um, so there's nothing I'm hiding. The organisers paid for my trip um, and I contributed and I, I took a lot away from it. And I, I want to uh, 
use that information knowledge to further understand how we can bring about more change, both legislation, regulation, but also by community education. So, Kezia, by the sounds of things, you don't regret attending? No, I don't. Not at all. Even though you've got the likes of the AMA coming out now saying that it was shameful? Oh, yeah. Oh, well, well, they're entitled to their view, even if they are wrong. But they're still entitled to their view. So, you know, as I said to someone this morning, I, I believe there's some more important things to worry about in our bloody community than me as an independent in a small jurisdiction attending a conference in Korea in regards to smoking and vaping and, and, and the way forward, whether it be this way or that way. Well, you Kezia, know, we, we just heard what's happening in our community and I yeah. think that should be our priority, not little old me, independent member for Goida. Well, look, there is a lot that I actually do want to talk to you about this morning, including yeah. the fact that uh, that we now know that um, two territory MLAs, yourself included, have renewed calls for an independent inquiry into the failed mm-hmm. prosecution of Colleen Gwynn after the former Children's Commissioner was reportedly forced to sell her house and leave mm-hmm. the Northern Territory. Kezia, why have you renewed these calls over the weekend? Katie, there is something about this case that is just not right. Like, it, as I've said before, it was basically, in my mind and my view, a human resource matter. This person was appointed following interviews. This person, you know, got the job, uh, happened to be friends with the main boss of the organisation, and I know from public commentary that Colin Gwynn sought advice from other government agencies relevant to this matter. Now, the police pursued her and prosecutions pursued her to the extent that I have never seen before in, in the Territory in regards to this kind of matter. Now, even when her lawyers... Now, she had good quality lawyers, not just some law school. She had solicitors and barristers, and they told prosecutions that there had been no crime committed. They had evidence, I'm sure, I don't, I'm not privy to it, but they told the prosecutions and police there was no crime. Mm. And yet the police and prosecutions still went for her. Now, the question has to be asked, why? And that's, we're not going to find out. Police, of course, won't tell us. Prosecutions won't tell us. Mm. But clearly prosecutions cocked up because at the end of the, the, the trial, which only just started, the judge had to sort of stand down the jury and, and that was the end of that. Matt now, Cunningham wrote about this on the weekend and he said that in June, the former Labor Party president, Charlie Phillips, a former senior advisor to three yep. chief ministers, wrote to the Attorney General, Chancy Pake, and the Police Minister, Kate Warden, yep. urging them to review issues with the Northern Territory Criminal Code raised by yep. Justice John Burns um, during Ms Gwynne's trial. Now, he wrote, Justice Burns' decision in the Gwynne case give rise to a number of matters, including gross breach of duty, wasting huge amounts of public money and pursuing a prosecution on alleged breaches of the criminal code which had no reasonable prospect of success. These serious failures involved both the DPP and police he wrote. Now this was all part of a a column that Matt Cunningham had written that also, um, you know, that also touched on the fact uh, that that Georgie Dickinson from Channel 9 was in, you know, a very similar or not a similar, a very serious I should say situation um, where where again, you know that that was uh, that was thrown out, or she certainly, um, you know, it there it, was flaws to what had gone on. It collapsed. Kezia, what? Well, you know, what does this well, show, and what needs question. to happen? But, well, we need to get, have an inquiry, I believe, of some serious level to get to the heart of why this is happening. Why we got prosecutions and police people pursuing actions that are doomed to fail. And along the way, crucifying people, their reputations, their family standing, you know, and financially, 
you know, when that, you know, I don't believe it's going to cost 200000 let's be honest. Mm. You know, this went on for nearly three or four years, using interstate barristers, advice, etc., fees, you know, even trolling through all the phone records and, for God's sake, the bank records. Like, why the hell did they need to go into Collingwood's bank records? No one can answer that question. You know, it's just it's just ridiculous. So we need to find out because while this while this smoke and stench lingers, then I don't believe we're going to move forward with a a police force and prosecutions that people can have utmost confidence in. It really has tarnished them between Colin Gwynn's case prior to that Zach Rogg's case, like you said, Georgie Dickinson's case. What is going on in prosecutions and the relationship to NT Police? And why did they go for this woman with such vigour? that it, it should send alarm bells ringing all around the countryside. Kezia, just a couple of very quick things before I let you go this morning. Um, I do yep. want to ask, uh, the word on the street is there's going to be a cabinet reshuffle this morning. Who are you tipping yep. out and who do you think's in? Ooh. Katie, I'm not sure whether the Chief Minister would bring a new person in. I mean, sure, good experience for that person if that was to happen. But if they're bringing a new person in, does that mean that someone has to go out? Mm. Or are they adding another minister to the stable? I think that if I was the chief minister, which clearly I'm not, um, I, think there need, I think there's going to be some focus on police and children and families and that whole area because that's clearly where we have our most serious issues and problems in our society at the moment. So whether police portfolio moves to another person or children families does or they stay the same and something else happens in regards mm-hmm. to you know housing and you know it's just do with aboriginal business in the bush and local communities i'm not sure katie but it's not it's destabilizing um for government and it, when governments destabilize nothing happens on the streets you know the departments sort of you know take a step back uh, right at the time when we want government agencies to be working efficiently, effectively, you know, delivering the programs they've got to deliver. So you so reckon it could have like an adverse effect to what they're aiming to do? Because, you know, presumably they're aiming to do it or they're doing it to try and sort of reinvigorate them 10 months out or however many months it is from the next Northern Territory election. But you reckon it could actually have the opposite impact? Potentially it can, because if you get a new minister to a, a reasonably senior department, whether it be health or, well, at least it's clearly senior, mm. you know, you've got to start again. You've got to brief the minister. The minister's got to get across the portfolio. We've only got one more week of sittings towards the end of this year. Then you go straight into budget pretty much in the first four or five months of next year, you know, and it's just like scramble, scramble to catch up. So... I'm not sure of the wisdom behind the reshuffle, but hey, I guess we'll just wait and see what we the explain it. We'll certainly wait and see. Kezia, another one before I let you go. We're expecting yeah. a report on Four Corners this evening, focusing on uh-huh. private security in the Northern Territory. Um, yeah. uh, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, the fact is we need private security right now because it seems we don't have enough police. Well, that, that, that's basically it. They're taking up the slack. You know, I'm sure if we had, you know, the, the number of police that I understand we need, then we probably wouldn't need these security firms. They could do, you know, what other security firms do around the countryside, and that's, you know, night patrols, day patrols, whatever, assist with unruly behaviour. But, you know, the fact that they, they're at the level that they're at, um, I think is very concerning because, you know, they, they, they're becoming quasi-police. And I know I personally don't feel comfortable with that. I'd rather the police be left with, you know, police business, and they'd be the ones with the authority to deal with problems in our community. So yeah, I, I'm not sure. Maybe this is maybe this is part of the trigger for the for the cabinet reshuffle because this program clearly would have been in the making for a few weeks, mm. um, and they've probably interviewed ministers if they've allowed themselves to be interviewed. 
So I guess we'll wait and see what the story says. Yeah. How it says, more importantly. Well, Kezia Purick, always appreciate your time. Thank you very much for speaking with us this morning. No worries, Katie. Thank you.